STEM Minds. Welcome back to STEM Minds. Today I'm delighted to introduce to you Beth Elgood, Communications Director at Engineering UK, a not-for-profit organisation passionate about inspiring the next generation of engineers and creating a diverse future workforce that enables the UK to thrive. Beth leads the Communications Directorate, covering all aspects of communications development and delivery for Engineering UK corporately and for its programmes. With her vast experience, there's no better person to discuss Engineering UK's purpose and the importance of its mission. In this episode, we dive into the importance of Engineering UK's work inspiring future generations. We discuss diversity among higher education students and how you can get involved as well. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Beth. It's so great to have you. Could you kick us off by introducing yourself and giving us a little bit of background, please? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Kira, and thank you for having me. I'm Beth Elgood. I'm the Director of Communications at Engineering UK. I've been in this role at Engineering UK since 2010, and I come with a background in marketing and communications from the commercial sector. I've worked in a university. I've worked in other not-for-profits. I have to confess from the get-go, I am not an engineer, but I absolutely recognise the enormous impact that engineers have on all our lives and I'm absolutely convinced about how vital they are to that, to all of our futures, to be honest. But more than that, I guess I've always been really passionate about education and the way that transforms lives. So being part of an organisation that really is all about inspiring young people and has that absolutely at the heart of everything we do is really the reason I do the job. It's a great one to have. And off the back of that, then, it's only right that you introduce us to Engineering UK. So did you want to give us a quick overview of the company and its importance? Absolutely. So we are a not-for-profit organisation. And as I say, we have at the heart of everything we do a belief that engineers are absolutely vital to everybody's futures, whether that's about the role they play in meeting basic needs for water, food, energy, those kind of things, to looking at the sort of urgent problems like those that came up over the last few years during the pandemic, or looking at how to address issues that emerge with, for example, an ageing population. They're absolutely, again, at the heart of improving environmental sustainability and achieving net zero and are key drivers of economic prosperity. And and every single bit of research you're ever going to read about about anything shows that to get the most benefit from engineering and technology, we need a really diverse workforce in order to boost innovation and creativity. But through the work that we do, we know that that the UK needs more engineers, both in terms of the total number of those engineers and the the backgrounds and the diversity of backgrounds that they come from. So I guess our sort of our vision, and we've done some work on this quite recently, in fact, our vision is about the UK having the workforce it needs for engineering and tech to thrive and to, to improve sustainability and achieve net zero. And our mission within that, if you like, is about en- enabling more young people from all backgrounds to be informed, inspired and progress into engineering and tech. And 
it's it's kind of it's a very lofty ambition and it's one that's much bigger than uh, than a relatively small organization such as engineering uk can deliver on our own and we we very much are part of a much wider collective endeavor and we work with all sorts of other organizations across engineering and tech across education with professional engineering institutions with loads of companies who are employers of engineers with universities with schools so really a very broad range of stakeholders with which we engage in in trying to achieve all of this I guess. Amazing and could you dive in a little bit more on what specifically Engineering UK does to inspire the future generations? Yeah definitely so Our research has shown that in general, those students, those young people who had attended any, so that's one or more, STEM careers activity were more likely to know what people working in engineering did than those who hadn't attended anything and were something like 3.4 times more likely um, than those who hadn't attended to, to think about a career in engineering. And so we take that bit of insight, I suppose. And as Engineering UK, we run a number of outreach programmes of our own. So currently, there are three main programmes that we are, we're delivering ourselves and we, we create them ourselves and we work with a lot of partners to deliver them because we need people all over the country, given that that's where schools are. And so we run something called the Robotics Challenge, which is a fun, it's a team-based competition. It's open to 11 to 14 year olds and, and young people learn coding skills and soft skills as well. So they really get a sense of the skill set that engineers use in their everyday jobs. We run something called Energy Quest, which is a workshop which we describe as designed to unlock students inner engineers while they have a look into alternative energy sources and that there's a big emphasis there obviously on sort of green energy and and looking at sustainability and then the third program that we run is the big bang program so that comprises a competition for young people so we through that competition we we ask young people to submit their stem projects and they compete for a range of prizes and all the ultimate titles i guess that you can you you can achieve through that competition at the uk young scientist and the UK young engineer of the year and in fact my colleagues only yesterday have been uh, talking to the finalists in that competition we run what we call our big bang at school program which really takes the idea of a a kind of stem fair with with an emphasis on engineering and technology into uh, into schools and then the the biggest big bang event that we run is the big bang fair which it takes place actually the day that we're recording this is exactly 5 weeks today that we will all be in the NEC in Birmingham with tens of thousands of young people and a whole load of supporters who will be, most of whom are uh, those who employ engineers and technologists and so on into the future, uh, and who will be there to inspire that whole load of young people. We'll be having a great time in the NEC in a few weeks' time. We, we though, as I've said, we're kind of quite small, so we can't reach everybody. There are thousands and thousands of schools and hundreds of thousands of children across the country. So we recognise that what we do 
is part of a much bigger sort of more collective endeavor in terms of inspiring the next generation so we we work with lots of partners we evaluate everything that we do we share with our partners what's worked for us in order that we can sort of help support them in terms of the activity they deliver and we have a platform that's that's really designed for teachers to help them identify really good quality STEM engagement activity. That platform's called Neon and is a place that teachers can go, have a look what's out there, have a look what might work for their age of pupil or for the bit of the curriculum that they're particularly interested in. So so we kind of we kind of do our own thing and then we work hard to help other people who are in the same sort of field as us kind of promote what they do and we work as a collective to improve everything that we and others are, are doing in the space. Because, as I said, we, we kind of know if we get it right, it can make a difference. Absolutely. And I know how important it is for you guys to be creating a diverse future workforce. So what does this mean to you? Yeah, it's it's such a thorny one, actually. I mean, I've been at Engineering UK, as I say, since 2010. And there definitely have been inroads made, but despite those improvements, the, the engineering and tech workforce isn't diverse, so it doesn't reflect the makeup of the of the population more broadly. So um, perhaps people aren't surprised to know that that within the workforce, women are the most underrepresented group. So something like among the engineering workforce, something like 16.5% of that is made up of women versus in the workforce as a whole, there's 48% of that whole workforce that's female. And if you look at figures across those people coming from poorer socioeconomic backgrounds or from minority ethnic groups or for disabled people again engineering isn't quite getting there so so all of those groups are to to some to a lesser or greater degree underrepresented in in engineering and we know that we need more engineers technologists technicians for businesses because that they need more and we know that we need those people to come from more diverse backgrounds because that's the way that you're going to get the greatest you know thought creativity innovation and a workforce I guess that that ultimately that designs and creates things for everyone and I was thinking about this earlier actually when I knew that we were speaking and I was and I was reflecting on last summer when you know everybody was enthralled to the fact that the England women's football team won the Euros. It was brilliant. We all, you know, everyone's now a, a, a women's football fan and we were all looking forward to the Women's World Cup later this summer. And yet the team isn't going to have Leah Williamson, who's its captain, nor Beth Mead, who's its top goal scorer, because they both recently picked up ACL injuries. And when you look at it, Although nobody is, you know, kind of saying this is exactly why that happened, there's a lot of evidence that that suggests that women who play football do it in boots that are designed for men and therefore are picking up more injuries as a result. And while I have read other stuff that says that's understood and major manufacturers are developing boots specific to women in time for the World Cup, that kind of feels a bit late. Do you know what I mean? And so if if there are more people from different backgrounds involved in you know sports engineering in in that sort of case then it's got to be 
better for everybody. I think there's loads to be done, but loads that could be done. And I think there is great work happening. What One of the ways that we address this within Engineering UK is that we, in the activity that we deliver, we really seek to to target, if you like, those schools where we know we're going to find young people who are from groups typically underrepresented in engineering in order that at least where we're, where we're able to get in there, we are reaching that broader group of young people with the hope that collectively, if we keep doing more of this, we will start to make even more inroads into, into that, that diversity issue. Well, I really, I didn't know about the example that you used and that that was such a big possible issue that, you know, that could be the reason and things. So that's really interesting to hear. So I know your engineering and higher education report that you recently released, it states that the most concerning diversity issue among engineering and technology students is gender, which comes as no surprise to many of us, obviously is still concerning. How will Engineering UK play a part going forward in helping to close this gap? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's it's kind of sad that we're not surprised, isn't it? I mean, we, we kind of, we know it, we say it, we say we're not surprised by it. And yet, we've still got collectively a ton to do to address some of this. As I've said, I think within Engineering UK, one of the ways that we try to address this is in the targeting of our own activity. We also play a role within the the sort of engineering community of being a place that researches and evaluates and we work with the community to share what we learn. So we, we hope through doing some of that that we're helping to you know, to promote those things where we've found evidence that a thing might work. Uh, we're just about, in fact, to publish a review looking at the evidence that's out there more generally around what works to increase girls' aspirations into engineering and technology careers. And again, that's something that once it's published, we will make widely available and we will, you know, make sure that we're talking, I guess, to our wider networks about. I think it's very hard to know what works, but I think that there are some things where we can see that when young people are exposed to the wide range of roles available in engineering, so not what I might have thought about when I was at school constituted engineering, really isn't anything like the roles that people are now able to go into. And things like, you know, environmental sustainability, which we know is a really key issue for the world, but is something that drives young people from all sorts of backgrounds. Being sure that we are identifying the links between looking at sustainability, addressing net zero, and what that might mean as an engineering role, busting some of those myths, making sure that there are role models. And and I think that's always an interesting one, because it is about people that you can imagine yourself being. So I think if you're a young person, it's probably works really well for you to have somebody who's quite early in their engineering career talk to you about their quite recent journey rather than somebody who's maybe been working in engineering for 30 years and who's super passionate about talking to you about their job but probably feels quite a distance away from where you might be so I think there's 
quite a lot of work, you know, that the community can do in that sort of space. But from an Engineering UK point of view, we we are absolutely determined this is about encouraging more young people into the workforce from all backgrounds because they're fulfilling, they're engaging and they're really rewarding careers. So it feels like, you know, if we can get all the stars aligned, that, that that's a way that we should proceed but absolutely with that fixation on diversity for all the reasons that we've talked about. Mm, I completely agree. And are there any other sort of key findings that you'd like to talk through from that very same report? Yeah, I thought about this earlier on, and it's a very long report. So it's 50 pages long. I think just picking up on that point around the numbers, the percentages of engineering and technology first degree undergrads. I think what was interesting about that was that while, you know, 18.5% females in engineering courses doesn't compare with the 56.5% that's across all courses across universities. But what was interesting was that there was a variation between different subjects within the engineering the engineering courses available. And so something like chemical engineering had a far greater percentage, something like 29% of its students were female versus production and manufacturing engineering, where only 11% were female. So there's there's something in that that's probably unpickable at some point that, that says, well, what is it about one type of engineering that's more attractive at university and, and presumably into the workforce than another? I think it was interesting and maybe you know, picking up on the not surprising that there have been the percentages of graduates who uh, graduated in 2019, 2020. So during the COVID years, I think it's been tougher for them to find employment post graduation, you know, still not bad as far as engineering is concerned. And still the case that most of those that do graduate in engineering and tech go and go and work in the engineering industry so that's that's all good and I think on that another piece of research that we haven't yet published but are about to actually is demonstrating that the engineering and tech recruitment market is actually very buoyant at the moment and and growing at a rate quicker than other occupations so I think there's you know I, I think while the report sort of suggests COVID wasn't great in terms of recruitment for anybody. Actually, engineering is bouncing back. And I think that's something that we should, you know, we, sh- we should feel very reassured and anyone listening to this should feel reassured about. 100%. I like that phrase, bouncing back. It's definitely something to celebrate as well. So how can those listening, specifically if we talk about university level, how can they get involved in Engineering UK? So there are loads of ways from the really kind of light touch, something to do when you're grabbing a quick coffee. So follow us on all our socials. So you'll find us as Engineering UK, as Tomorrow's Engineers and as the Big Bang across any social platform that you can imagine. Take a look at some of our websites. So the Big Bang website, our Energy Quest and Robotics Challenge sites are places where you can look for specific volunteering opportunities. So as I said, uh, the Big Bang is the NEC from the 21st to the 23rd of June. We have volunteering opportunities at the fair. So take a look at the website for that. Uh, We run something called Tomorrow's Engineers Week, which is 
usually the first or second week in November, which is a week where we just bring together people from across the community to talk about engineering. We're always looking for people who've got really interesting stories to share with us during that time. We haven't worked out what our campaign's going to be for that this year, but we will shout about it across social. So really take a look and honestly reach out. We genuinely always love hearing from young people, even if they're part of the way through their engineering education. We're, we're delighted to know more about what got you into engineering and anything great that you want to share about it, I suppose. The other couple of examples I've thought about are having a look at other volunteering opportunities. So I don't know whether listeners are aware of the STEM Ambassador Network. It's something run by our colleagues in STEM Learning, and they bring together opportunities for people who join them as STEM Ambassadors to get into schools and to, you know, to, to share, I guess, again, with schools, with young people, their engineering journey. And and finally, I know that many of the professional engineering institutions have volunteering opportunities and quite often have kind of memberships that apply to young people at university. Have a look at those as well and, and find ways that you can engage with them at the local and the national level, because it just gives you a really good opportunity to be part of this really quite huge and growing community who are all trying to to achieve the same thing definitely it's well worth taking a look at all those opportunities because there's definitely something in there for everybody as well and even I guess going as far as sharing your own experience with people that you know and across your social media whether that be your personal you know your Instagram story or on on LinkedIn a bit more professionally if you don't want to do that there's definitely ways Absolutely. And we certainly recently, I think I was at a, an event with some young people and they, they were, I can't tell you what age they were, they were probably year 10 or 11. And they were talking about TikTok and they were talking about content shared in t- on TikTok. And they were kind of saying, look, Beth, we're not really interested in hearing from you because you're like, you know, you're like old. But what we're really interested in is that if our friends or our you know, people people who are the similar sort of age to us post cool stuff on TikTok that makes us think about engineering. Those are the people that we listen to. So think about it from that point of view. We're we're always going to come at it with a kind of engineering UK uh, kind of uh, lens, if you like, because we know what the country needs and we know we know all the kind of detaily bits. But actually. The fun stuff, which is associated with engineering, is much more likely to come from the people who are doing it all day, every day, and who, as I was saying earlier, are, are more like the age of the people that we're trying to reach. I think that's definitely that's definitely true. So then taking all your experience and your wealth of knowledge into account, do you have any advice for young engineering students listening? So... I feel like I'm, I shouldn't be giving advice to anybody. But since you've asked me the question, Kira, I would say, first of all, I would say keep at it. We absolutely need engineers and we need them to come from all sorts of backgrounds. And we know that there are well-paid jobs where you can make a real difference to the world around you available across all sectors you can imagine really that await once you finish your your training or education so you know 
I, I think of pretty much anything you can imagine studying, it's hard to think of something that would give you that breadth of opportunity moving forward. And, you know, I, I would argue it's pretty hard to find not to be able to find an engineering role in something that interests you. So I don't know if you've seen the This Is Engineering website, but they they look at taking your passion and identifying the engineering job that relates to that. So that could be sport, that could be beauty, that could be health, that could be space, that could be any number of areas. So, you know, so I, I think... In terms of, you know, the choice that you've made as far as studying engineering is concerned, that was a great one. Picking up on, I guess, what we were just talking about, really, thinking about the ways that you can share your stories and your passion for engineering with other young people. So whether it's as quick and easy as doing something even quite silly on social or whether it's finding ways to volunteer with young people, either through some of the ideas that we were just talking about, or even just going back to the school that you went to on, you know, just kind of saying, oh, I'll come in if you're having a careers day, or do you want me to come and talk to the D&T class in year 10, or whatever it might be, because I, I, I think it's that relatability thing that we were talking about, you know, having somebody, and if you go back to your school, you know, it's very easy for young people to see themselves as, as you as you because you've all got those same experiences. You probably know the same teachers. And I think the last thing I would say is just to really enjoy what you're doing because I think it makes it loads easier to do a job if you enjoy it. And I think that there's a lot to be enjoyed as, as far as engineering is concerned. 100% I couldn't have put it better myself and then lastly did you want to maybe say a few words about any exciting plans for Engineering UK coming up and how you're going to continue with your mission to inspire the next generation? Yeah so as we were talking about earlier I guess the immediate future contains lots of delivery so we're just finishing the heats of our robotics challenge our Big Bang at School events are in full flow and the Big Bang Fair, where we will also have the finals of the Robotics Challenge competition and the Big Bang Competition Award Ceremony is five weeks away as at today. So there's loads going on on all of that. We've also been working on a, an inquiry into engineering, manufacturing and technology apprenticeships, which has been led by two former ministers, so Lord Willits and Lord Knight. And we've been looking at the quality of those apprenticeships. You know, how, how do we make them more accessible for young people? How do we enable more companies to be involved in delivering those apprenticeships? We've done a load of consultation on that and we're starting to really consolidate our thinking, develop some recommendations, loads of stakeholder conversations ahead of probably we're publishing that sort of toward the end of the summer, beginning of September. And then from September, we're sort of the start of our, sees the start of our new 2023-28 strategy, which builds on everything that we've done to date. So it's not kind of throwing everything out and starting again, but we're really focusing on what we know matters. So we are going to carry on doing the work that we do that looks at the what the current engineering and technology workforce looks like, the sort of work that you referenced earlier on in terms of the education um, landscape. We're going to look at what 
engineering employers are likely to need in the future in terms of skills and ways that we can address those. We're going to carry on working with the wider community to, to really deliver on that piece around collectively making the impact that we need to make to inspire young people. We're going to carry on expanding our own activities. So we're looking at some new areas to deliver into schools, probably looking at some stuff relating to renewables, because we know how important that is, really looking at how we might embed engineering outreach activity into different elements of the curriculum so not just within uh, stem subjects but potentially what more widely and we're looking to do even more than we're doing at the moment in terms of advocacy and supporting policy and uh, challenges around the stem and stem careers education piece so loads of kind of more and even more of, of what we've been doing previously, but with that absolute underpinning around the mission and vision that I talked about at the start. Such an exciting rest of the year and period ahead for you guys. Super exciting. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Such a valuable episode, I think. So much for people to go away and unpack there um, and lots of great takeaways. So thank you so much. Thank you, Kira. STEM Minds.